Welcome to that Groovy Scoopcast. The go-to audio hub for all things Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Derek, and this is my babe. He called me babe. Isn't that totally awesome? If this is your first time tuning in, I'm not his babe. But he is mine. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for coming back for your favorite Scooby-Doo podcast, I think. Definitely. Yeah? You think it's their favorite? I I hope so. I don't think it is. (laughs) It's my favorite. (laughs) Oh, it's your favorite? Okay. Do you listen to us every Friday? No, but I don't listen to anybody, so... Oh, okay. Well, you can't listen to us on Fridays anymore because I just wanted to make a big announcement to you guys. We're actually going to be moving our upload dates to Sundays now. Woohoo! It's just becoming increasingly hard for me to get around to editing during the work week because now I'm a big boy and I have a full-time job and I have full-time job responsibilities. So, And I also work like three jobs, not including this podcast. And so it's really exhausting to... Well, I mean, you don't edit at all. But. No, but like just to get out here every time. Like this will give us like a little bit of buffer time and yes, it'll be so, nice. So from this point forward, guys, just look forward to new That Groovy Scoopcast episodes every Sunday instead of Friday. Now you get to begin your week with us. Yay. So before we start talking about our episode today, we are going to kick off the Mystery Machine match. Our go. I was going to say our slogan once again. I'm obsessed with our (laughs) slogan, evidently. (laughs) Uh, The Mystery Machine Match is our weekly trivia competition where Shannon and I try to figure out which one of us knows Scooby-Doo better than the other. Currently, Shannon is maintaining her lead, shockingly. Like, we're almost halfway through the season and you're still keeping keeping ahead of me. Don't jinx me. (laughs) Okay. Well, I currently have eight points and you are sitting with 11 I'm curious to see what today will bring about for this competition. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. Yeah? Well, as always, Shannon, you can go first today. What talent does Scooby-Doo display when hypnotized in the harem scarum sanitarium? Is there a multiple choice? I can give you one. Is it juggling or dancing? Probably juggling. No. It was dancing? It was dancing. I thought he can already dance. I don't believe he can juggle. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I guess I lose out on that point. Here is your first question. Who does Scooby-Doo have a crush on? Daphne or Scooby-D? Isn't it Scooby-D? Yes, it is Scooby-D. Yeah, because that's like his cousin and I always thought it was weird. Yes. You are right to think that. Because I also don't have because I, I also don't have crushes on my cousins, but you know. I guess there's always that one cousin. I guess so. I don't know. What's your next question? <laughs> Who calls the phantom virus a creepy thingy in Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase? It was Daphne. Yeah. Yay! That one I knew I was going to get correctly. <laughs> Here's your next question. Name the old man who believes he's been abducted by aliens in Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders. I don't know. Take a wild guess. No, you know what? I'll give you the same courtesy. I will give you two names. One of them is the correct name. Okay. It is either Maury or Lester. I want to say Maury. It was Lester. I know. I was going to say my heart's telling me to say Lester, but like Maury seemed. Okay. So we're just not great with multiple choice. I guess not. (laughs) What's your last question today? Finish the name of this monster. Dragon blank. Breathe or beast? Beast? Yeah. I don't know. Does it say breathe or breath? People breath. always mix that up. Breath. <laughs> <laughs> either way, I got it right. Yeah, it either matter. way, it does not matter. <laughs> All right, we'll finish the name of this creature. Hand of Horror or Hand of Harm? Horror. It was horror. <laughs> I would hope that there was not a Hand of Harm in the making of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was going to say, also, is Scooby-Doo really going to put that in there? 
Well, it looks like today I am finishing with 10 points. You are finishing with 13. Maintaining that lead. Holy shit. Derek, you're letting your father down. I'm letting my father down. (laughs) Sorry, Dad. Are you feeling good after that? I'm feeling good. Like, you're I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat chocolate covered anything, especially chocolate covered pizza. Yeah, with all the ingredients that we added on to the recipe from last week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I'm good. <laughs> well, are you ready to talk about this week's episodes? No, but let's do it anyway. Okay. Well, today we are going to be reviewing two episodes from the new Scooby and Scrappy Doo show. These episodes are The Creature Came from Ken Lab and No Thanks, Masked Manx. We'll start off with The Creature Came from Ken Lab. The premise for this episode is coming from Scoobypedia. The kids head to Hillside High to help Daphne's cousin Jennifer out. It seems that a creature from the chemistry lab has been scaring off students and forced the school to cancel its dance. Does it have something to do with Professor Marsden, who believes kids should do schoolwork and have no fun? Or someone else. It was someone else. It was. I was actually pleasantly surprised. I like that in cartoons, or just in TV in general, high school teachers are called professors. Yeah. When they're not. They're not. Sorry, you're, you're not a professor. Like, more power to the teachers. Love you. You do great work. But um, you didn't go for that extra schooling to become a professor. So you're not. You're... Mrs. So-and-so, not Professor So-and-so. Yeah. Sorry. This episode opens with, like, a cheerleading group, like, cheering on, like, a pep rally. Yeah. In the school gym. And it shows this janitor that very much loves his job. Oh, yeah. He's super enthusiastic about the school that he works at. He evidently loves the community. You know that his kid probably goes to the elementary school. Like, he's just... I, I really loved this janitor. He was my favorite character in this whole episode, and we only saw him for, like, two minutes. You're right. I thought that we would see him again, and we didn't. I kind of thought he was going to be... The villain? No, but just, like, at least a character. Because, like, he's the first witness of this monster. And we don't see him again afterward. Maybe he quit. That's really sad. He really loved his job. That's a shame. It's sad when Scooby-Doo monsters actually influence people's careers. Yeah. Where they have to quit their workplace because they don't feel safe. It's sad. It is sad. You know, the kid just needed his money. I like that when the cheerleaders were spelling out Hillside High's, like, name... They were like, give me an H, give me an I, give me an L, give me another L. (laughs) And, like, that is how cheerleaders cheer, but it was just funny. It was. (laughs) Um, So then the monster attacks, everybody runs away, ooh, ah, whatever, like, just usual thing. Yes. And then cut to Daphne and the guys are rolling up. They get out of the car, and Scooby is dressed in, like, a hillside sweater, but it's an SD instead. Is it? I think so. I don't really think I paid attention. I noticed that he was dressed, like, as if he were enthusiastic about this high school, which they didn't go to. No, but it was really cute. Like, the whole outfit was really cute. I like that when Daphne's cousin Jennifer came to greet them, she said, Scooby! Daphne! And didn't mention Shaggy or Scrappy at all. So I'm going to assume that he that she doesn't know who Scrappy is. And Shaggy, I guess she just doesn't like. Maybe, like, she dated Shaggy in the Shag- past. Yeah, and they, <laughs> they just, she doesn't acknowledge him anymore. But then I also like that she said Scooby's name before her own cousin. I like that she continuously talks to Scooby. Like, she doesn't care about anybody else. Like, she keeps talking to Scooby. Um, also, you immediately hate her. Her voice is awful. She's got a valley girl voice. I'm really, I'm pretty confident that these writers have just never interacted with a teenager before. Like, I'm pretty sure they reached the age 12 and they were about to go on to 13 and they just skipped to 21. Like, will, they did not experience their teenage years. Look, and I will say, like, in this day and age that this episode came out, like valley girls and in like the way that she was talking is tubular it is a thing like you can go back and look and like tv shows were doing it songs were doing it like it was a thing but 
absolutely nobody else in this episode is doing it except for Jennifer. Yeah, no other teenager that we see talks like this. I mean, we really only see one, but he didn't talk like that at all. No, and I'm pretty sure Toby was also like 40 years old. He looked it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it was just weird. Like it was, like Daphne didn't talk like it. You know, Scooby and you Shaggy. Know, the Shaggy and Daphne, they're not teenagers anymore by this point. Yeah. But they're not that much older. No. Like, they would have at least picked up... Like, you and I still pick up, like, some slang words here and there. Right. But, like, when she was saying tubular, Jennifer was. Yeah. Scooby was looking at Scrappy like, I don't know what that fucking means. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like she... He she, gave Scrappy a look. Like, oh, they yeah. were commenting on how... Her slang was just, like, foreign to them. Well, and it's, yeah, because they... I mean, probably doubly foreign for the dogs because they're dogs, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, I mean, that was kind of frustrating because it was, like, if you're going to throw something in there like that, make it a big thing. Like, isn't it tubular? For sure. Um, Debbie said that the incident with this creature from the chem lab is, like, big news, and she couldn't, like, stay away from the story. That's why she's kind of here to investigate. Well, and also when they show, I think it was the school newspaper, it said that the creature from the chem lab is back as if he's attacked before. Well, Jennifer also said that this monster only comes out at night, which is false because we have seen it twice in the daytime. First in the cold open during the daytime at school, and the second time throughout this episode. Yeah. That is also daytime. Yeah. So, Jennifer is a liar. She just doesn't know her facts. I guess so. Fake news. (laughs) Jennifer perpetrates fake news. So, then Toby comes up, and she's all super excited. Jennifer is all super excited. And she's like, oh, this is Toby. Uh-huh. He looks like he's 40. He like, does. I wrote, Toby looks like he's 40 years old. Well, he like, has, like, lines on his face. I'm gonna say, up until he called her babe, I 100% thought that he was a teacher. Or something, because he didn't really even mention anything school-related until the end of the conversation when he's like, I'll see you in class. Yeah. Which, you know, means he's a student. But up until that point, he didn't say anything that indicates his age. So based on his actual appearance, yeah, I thought he was like 40 years old. Yeah, because he walked up and he, you know, said something. And she and Jennifer said something about the dance. And he was like, oh, no, didn't you hear that the dance was canceled? And she was like, oh, my gosh, what? Like, my whole life is ruined. And then he was like, okay, see you in class, babe. And it was like... Oh, he called me babe. Oh my god, he called me babe. She's wet. Wet for Fred. Wet for Toby. Wet for Toby. Hashtag Hashtag wet wet for for Toby. Toby. (laughs) So, my next note is that they go and meet Professor Marsden, who I wrote is the worst human being ever. Yeah, basically. He does not care about the creature and that fact that the creature has canceled the dance because he thinks that the students should not be at the dance. They should be at home doing homework. And he's not going to listen to the gang talk to him anymore because he needs to go home and write up a pop quiz and he needs to find ways to make it hard. What a fucking asshole. Here's my thing, and I said the same thing to Derek, is... As much as we bitched about the high school we went to and, like, how some of our teachers really did suck, at least none of them were like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, there were one or two teachers that I did not like in high school. High school was not perfect. No. But this guy is just the worst. I've never met a teacher, even in my adult life, where, like, I know people going into school for teaching and stuff like that. I've never met a teacher that was just like, I'm going to make this quiz the hardest things my students have ever taken. Like, even while we were in high school, there were a pretty decent amount of teachers that were like, no, your life is actually pretty difficult right now. Like, I'm going to try and make this a little easy on you so you understand what's going on. You know that the reason why he doesn't want anyone else to have fun and he wants everyone to be at home doing homework is because one night he was going to be at home to do homework, but he heard about this dance that he was going to go, but he wasn't able to get a date because no one wanted to go out with him. So you know what he fucking said? I'm going to become a teacher and fuck everybody over. Exactly. Yeah. That's what his life goal was. Because then he stayed home that night and instead of doing homework, he filled out an application to go to education school. Education school. I mean, what would you call it otherwise? Higher education? I don't know what you call it. You go to college for a degree in in education. (laughs) Education school. Did you go to degrees or did you go to um, graphic design school? 
do some people do call it design school or art school. So anyway, I like that they make this guy out to be such an asshole, which means that he's not the villain. Yeah. You know, because no one that mean could possibly pull off a crime. He's just an asshole. What we have learned from Scooby-Doo is you're either an asshole or you're the villain. Yeah. Or an FBI agent. Or an FBI agent. You cannot be anything else. While Shaggy and Daphne were talking to Professor Marsden, Scooby was fooling around with a frog in the lab. So this frog is up against the, the cage wall and he licks Scooby's nose. Scooby likes this and pulls out the frog from the cage and proceeds to lick the frog's nose. And then when Professor Marsden leaves, tons of frogs. Just like a thousand leave. of them. It's just like it's just like a wave of frogs just pouring out of this cage. It's funny because the cage says frog, singular, frog. But there's just so many frogs. I want to know how many frogs, like how did they get that many frogs in that little itty bitty box and they all go out the window too they all go towards the same spot they all just start pouring to go out the window they okay i have a theory that like the frogs have this planned (laughs) oh so like the day that they have the opportunity to go they go like they were like here's the plan (laughs) the second that fucking door opens we all just mass pour out and go for the window. Overpower yep. whoever is right in front of us and just go. go. Operation Window Escape. Yep. When Scooby is trying to capture some of the frogs, he ends up finding a, a clue for the mystery. Yep. They think that they have found skin that would have been on the creature from Chem Lab. Which is weird that the skin just fell off like that. Yes. Now keep in mind, the creature, he just looks like a big dark green like blob. blob. There's really nothing that indicates to me that he's from the chem lab other than he walked out of the chem lab. Which, even after we find out, like, what the, what he's what the doing, plot was, there's yeah. no reason for him to be in the chem lab. There is no reason. He has claws like a crab, too. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of cool. I don't know. But, yeah, a piece of his skin is evidently on the floor. Daphne picks it up and says that she's going to have it analyzed. How she is going to accomplish this, we don't know. Maybe she knows somebody. Because, I mean, she's a journalist. We did get that from, like... I mean, we know this from this series, yeah. but... I just like how she's just so casual. I'm gonna go have this analyzed. Well, I'm saying, like, journalists but I just don't know where she's their... fucking going. Journalists have their people. They got their sources. But maybe she's got, like, a But she didn't leave guy. the high school. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe she has a thing in the back of the van. There is nothing in the back of the van, as we see in the next episode. So maybe she cleaned it out. You don't know. I question her analytical skills of this skin. Daphne's cool. (laughs) Um, While she's off doing that, a bell goes off, the, the school bell, and a stampede of teenagers runs out of nowhere, and they run over Scooby, Shaggy, and Scrappy. I noted that these group of teenagers is the same group of teenagers that we see throughout the episode every single time the bell rings. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure this is every single student in the school. Well, and I'm pretty sure that they don't learn. They just all crowd in one section so that like when the bell rings, they all just rush somewhere else. Did you ever like it in high school when like, you know, the bell's about to ring. So everyone just starts zipping up their backpacks yeah. <laughs> and they just start gathering at the door. Like everybody's just The teacher's telling them. everyone not to get up, but everybody gets up. They're like, hey, the bell doesn't dismiss you. I dismiss you. And then the bell rings and everybody's like, fuck you. <laughs> I noted that Scooby is walking on his hind legs a lot this episode. A lot. You see, I feel like I noted this like a long time ago when we first started this podcast. And you made fun of me for making this note that like he walks on his hind legs a lot. But he does. He does. But it's just like. In like the older Scooby-Doo cartoons, he walks on his four legs like a normal dog. But then like as time passes, he becomes a lot more comfortable being on his hind legs, I guess. I don't know. But I feel like the majority of this episode, he was on his hind legs. He was, and to a point where, like, it came to his demise. When the monster started chasing him, he didn't get down on four legs, and he wasn't fast enough, and Mm -hmm. the monster cornered him. I think that was when they were in the gym. Yeah. Um, 
bunch of antics happened in the gym. Scrappy called the monster a test tube creepy. And a uh, chemical dump. Yes. Um, Scooby ended up in the basketball hoop for reasons. Um, meanwhile, Daphne, she comes back saying that the skin that they found was painted foam rubber. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. By this point, the monster's gone, so Daphne didn't see it happen. Yeah. Um. She asked the guys, like, what they found as if they were also supposed to, like, continue doing something. <laughs> like, she was like, oh, I found this out. What'd you guys find? And Shaggy was just like, we found the monster. Well, no, they did find the clue, though, because they found that computer they disk on they the floor. They found the giant computer disk. I like that the monster just happened to be holding it right there. Because, like, earlier in the same scene when he was attacking Scooby, he wasn't holding anything. Yeah. So, you know, just, just random computer disk. Maybe it fell out of his costume. No, it was in his hand. No, he I dropped mean, like, it. Maybe it. Like, maybe he had it in his costume and it started slipping out, so he was holding it. And then he got scared, dropped it, and ran. I don't know. Regardless, this computer disk is huge because it's of the, the time size period. of Shaggy's head. Because of the time period. They were so never that big. they decide to take the computer disk to the computer room and have it, you know, analyzed like everything else. Um, when they're all on their way there, Shaggy and Scooby discover the home ec room. So they want to go in there instead of going to the computer room. Daphne and Scrappy, they end up going to the computer room. Scooby and Shaggy, they get trampled by the teenagers again because the bell goes off again. Now they go in the home ec room and they find Jennifer. She is supposed to be washing dishes for her class. And like she, a kinda, bitch. she just cons Shaggy and Scooby into doing her homework. Like She like, they walked up and they were like, hey, Jennifer, is there any food left? And she was like, no, but... And then, like, ran up to him, put all the dish stuff on them, and was like, if you can uh, do these dishes, because I'm already late. Okay, thanks. Bye. Basically. Like, that's your homework. That's your assignment. Wash those damn dishes. Don't give them to Scooby, because Scooby does not know how to clean dishes. You know what he fucking does? He, he sticks all the dishes and in the washer and dryer in the room. After the dishes come out of the dryer, the monster comes in and attacks Shaggy and Scooby. I think... Scooby, like, started throwing dishes at him or something? Did that happen? No. Am I imagining um, that? The monster handed him one extra dirty dish, and then Shaggy was like, oh, Scooby, you missed a dish. And then they, like, turned around, saw the monster, dropped it, it, like, disintegrated, and then they <laughs> <Yes>. ran away. <laughs> yes, that sounds a lot more accurate because Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and um, they got cornered by the monster, and Shaggy goes... And kind of, like, whispered it, but, like, the monster still obviously heard it. And Shaggy was like, oh, we should have gone to the computer lab with Daphne and Scrappy. And then the monster was like, oh. And then he left because now he realizes, like, they're in the computer lab. Right. Um, And this episode tries to trick you, too, because when Daphne and Scrappy are in the computer lab, Professor Marsden shows up. Yeah. So, like, it tries to make you think, like, oh, Professor Marsden, he's probably the villain, even though he's not, because he's actually a dick. Um, But before he shows up, Daphne and Scrappy discover that the disc that they found was actually a video game. The world's most popular video game, according to Scrappy. It's called Star Puppy. I kind of want to play that game. Scrappy seems really invested when he starts playing it. On these huge fucking computers. Yeah. I do not look appropriate at all for a high school. Well, and I also want to point out, Daphne says something along the lines of like, oh, I think I know what's going on here. And I'm going to give you a little spoiler because I got irritated because I'm, okay, a giant game into a computer equals selling illegal copies of the games. Like, that's what she got from that? Yeah. She was like, oh, I know exactly. Like, that is such a Velma fucking jump. And that's, so infuriating. I'm shocked that you are infuriated by this. That makes perfect sense to me. I mean, it does. Daphne is... We've established that Daphne is like a secret genius. Um, but it's just really irritating because those Velma jumps piss me off when they happen anyway. Like, nobody is that smart Oh, no, to be I'm like, just saying the jump is warranted. How is it warranted? I'm giving you a hard time, Shin. <laughs> I also agree with you. Like, it's just so <laughs> stupid to be like, oh, there's a computer game that goes into this computer... Obviously, it's the monsters, and obviously, he's doing this because he's selling, he's making copies and selling those illegal copies to kids. Obviously. Obviously. 
Because he not needs just the that, money. Because he needs the money. <laughs> it's not just that. Like, because I kind of thought at first, I was like, oh, he's being the monster so that he can, like, play these games. Because, you know, maybe he's, like, a really old freshman, but, like, because <laughs> he's 40. But, like, <laughs> maybe he's a freshman and, like, he's not allowed to play video games at home. So he's, like, doing this to scare everybody away so he can play video games at school. That would have been a lot more funny. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, like, strict parents. So... I could see that happening. <laughs> so after Professor Marsden comes in and takes away the video game from Daphne and Scrappy because reasons. Yeah. Um, Shaggy and Scooby come in and then they get attacked by the monster. They all decide to run into the locker room. And inside the locker room, Scooby, who is hiding in a locker at first, the monster finds him and then Scooby pulls off this like football player gag he, like, hands off a football to the monster. The monster pinches and destroys the football in his claws. Yeah. Which was kind of rude. I was curious, though, why there is a button that is on the wall that says bell. And when you press said button, which is in the student locker room, by the way. Just open for anybody to touch. It sets off the entire school bell alarm. Like, to switch classes. Yeah. Yeah. Which you think that would be either automated where there is no button anywhere. Or just or, anywhere that's not in a locker room. You know, like maybe in the principal's office or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, it's in the locker room. Did Scooby press it? I don't remember which one of them pressed it. I think it. Scooby was like backed up against the wall and he pressed it or something. Yeah. Um, the stampede of students came in and I think they trampled over the monster. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that happened. Yeah, I think I, that's what happened. I'm willing to believe that happened. I was kind of shocked when this happened though because... Then, voila, the the monster's captured. Like, there was no trap. He just kind of got pushed on the ground, and there you go. There's no Fred for a trap in this one. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. But it's like, I feel like this could be a really easy way to resolve all their mysteries. Like, just push the monster on the ground, <laughs> and there you go. You're done. Yeah, basically. <laughs> like, why even bother mystery solving? Just push them down. <laughs> this is when they unmask the creature from the chem lab, and it turns out it's Toby Wallace. The the babe guy. The 40-year-old babe. Yes. His plot was that he was coming into the school at night and creating fake copies of the video games that he was like putting in the computer room. And in order to like scare off students, he dressed up as the creature. Don't know why it had anything to do with the chem lab because... You know, this video game forgery scheme has nothing to do with the chem lab. Absolutely nothing. The monster design itself really has nothing to do with the chem lab either. No, I mean, the only rooms that actually needed to be included were the computer lab and the locker room. Why couldn't it have been like a computer monster? Because that's stupid. And also the cyber chase. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Daphne opened Toby's locker in order to find evidence of his video game scheme. Yeah. And we see a close-up of some of the video games that he's made copies of, with hit titles such as Video Vibes and Super Dupers. We've also got Electro Selectro, Spark Arc, Gamma Games, and mine and Shannon's personal favorites, and most intrigued by, Beat the Monster. I wonder what the plot of that game is. I'm really curious, like, what do you have to do in order to win that game? Are there bunnies and butterflies in it? There could be. I wonder if there's a monster that you have to beat. Probably not. No, that'd be dumb. That'd be so on the nose. Yeah. Toby says that the reason why he was trying to make all these illegal copies of the video games is because he really needed the money. That's when... Jennifer comes in and, you know, sees the whole confession and everything, and her response is, you know, I'm so sure you spoiled everyone's fun for your own selfishness. Well, you can just bag it, Toby. And Scooby's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Basically. He, I assume, gets arrested or something. We don't really know. Does he get expelled? Probably. I hope so. I mean, he's 40, so he should not be in high school anymore. He's also doing, like, illegal business on school grounds, so. Pretty sure that constitutes expulsion. Yeah. The dance that was canceled now is able to go on. So everyone's dancing, everyone's having a good time. 
Daphne exclaims that everything is back to normal because why would she know how normal it is because she doesn't go to this high school. But then Professor Marsden comes in and he's like, well, that's not normal. And he points over to Scooby and Jennifer just dancing. Yeah. And they're just minding their own business dancing. FYI, dogs aren't normal. Yeah, dogs aren't normal. So one thing that I forgot to mention is when we find out that Toby's the monster and everybody comes in and sees the confession, uh, the professor comes in too and goes... And you need to pay for all the damages. He didn't really damage anything. No, the only thing that was damaged throughout the entire episode was the fact that the frogs escaped, which Toby had nothing to do with. Yeah, that was Scooby's fault. And um, and then the broken football, which, okay, so go spend $20 at Walmart and right. buy a new football. Like, Ooh. that's not a big deal. Uh, I will say, like, Frogs escaping, if you're held responsible for that, I think you can be, like, expelled for that. I mean, he's getting expelled anyway, but... (laughs) But, you know, now that, like, Daphne, like, if they were, like, they're not going to the school, but they're probably expelled, too. (laughs) They're just not allowed to come back. They're not allowed back. They can never see Jennifer again. Sorry. And they never do see Jennifer again. Nope. Jennifer finishes off the episode... Telling Scooby, like Scooby, you are tubular to the max. Yeah. I wish I was that tubular. You're totally tubular. Totally tubular. Well, Shannon, is this episode as tubular as they say it is on the Scooby Snackometer? Uh, it's decently tubular. I gave it a four. Okay, talk it out. Uh, I liked it. It was a decent episode. It just wasn't my favorite. Uh, we've definitely had better episodes. Uh, I don't know. It There just wasn't a great plot. I have to agree. I gave it a four myself. The mystery is meh. Yeah. I don't love it. I don't hate it. Which almost made me give it a five. But the exaggerated characteristics of like Jennifer and Toby just makes me feel like the writing and the like is just really out of touch for high school. Yeah. And that just isn't really appealing to me. And it just kind of feels pandering over all the children. So I'm going to award it a four as well. And with your four and my four, we're going to give it a four. And now we're going to move on to No Thanks, Masked Manx. The premise for this episode is coming from Scoobypedia. The gang goes to Blake Manor for a vacation and gets there in time for the costume party where Mr. Blake will be auctioning off a valuable stamp worth millions. But there is a cat burglar, the masked Manx, on the loose, who leaves an ace of spades in the place of every item he steals. Can the kids stop him and save the stamp? Spoiler alert, they do. This is an episode that I don't genuinely care about. No. And thus, we will not be spending a lot of time talking about this episode. I'm sorry if you like this episode because you're wrong, but... um. <laughs> But you're also wrong. Yeah. So the episode begins with the gang. They're on the way to Blake Manor. And we see the inside of the mystery machine with Scooby and Scrappy. They're excited to go swimming. And I think Scrappy like wanted to go golfing or something. I can't remember what he wanted to do. But we see that the mystery machine just on the inside is a lot bigger than it is on the outside. It's huge. It's enchanted. Yeah. Definitely enchanted. Someone's definitely a wizard. Yes. Shaggy. Shaggy's a wizard. Yes. Um, I noted that the only other belongings that are in the mystery machine are a volleyball, a teapot, a witch hat, and what Shannon identified as a butt plug. That's what it was. It was definitely a butt plug. A hundred percent. Like, what else would it be for? I don't, I don't even know of any other item in the universe that is that shape. Yeah. It was... Definitely a butt plug. I wonder what was on the animators' minds when they inserted that into this episode. How butt lewd plugs. of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Shaggy's reading in the newspaper about the masked Manx, who is a cat burglar who has been, you know, robbing homes in the area and leaving behind an Ace of Spades card as, like, his calling card. Now, something fun that Derek and I found out was that, like, a Manx is a type of cat. So, like, LOL, cat, bur- cat burglar, masked Manx. Yeah. Ha-ha. What we don't understand is the ace of spades. 
Well, we also don't understand why the mass manx for the most part of this episode also takes on the disguise of a gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> because the guy that was the mass manx was already in a disguise because it was a costume party. So he came in a disguise and then went and changed into something that, I mean, luckily it was a two for one sale and Daphne's dad got two gorilla suits. And so he went and changed into the gorilla suit, stole, like, it was just stupid. It, it was, was stupid. Why couldn't Mr. Blake have got, like, a tiger costume or something? It wouldn't have been as funny. But it would have made more sense. And it actually would have been more funny. I'm sorry. I'm lying now. Because, like, it was a masked manx. Like, you're a cat burglar. There were no cats in this episode. Shannon, you made a note about psycho music being in this episode. That's my next note. I don't really remember when the psycho music was played, but I want to know how they got the rights for it. It was during, like, some random... Well, my my following note to it is just that they meet Klaus, and Klaus is like the the Blake family's butler. Okay. And I wrote that he needs to smile more. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so what happened was they rang the doorbell, and or Daphne rang the doorbell because she doesn't have a key to her own house, I guess. And uh, Klaus opened the door and was like, "You rang," and then it was like, <laughs> with the psycho music. Because that made sense. I mean, he doesn't look pleasant. No. He, I wouldn't hire him. He looks like, you know, the Adams Family butler. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's a good comparison. Which was the funny, like, you rang thing. But, like, the psycho music was stupid. <laughs> My next note is that Mr. Blake doesn't know what a gorilla is. So he pops up out of nowhere and attacks, I think, Shaggy in the gorilla costume. I, think, I don't know. Scares the shit out of him. Yeah. And... Ah, uh, he's just like, ah, in the costume. And it's like, um. That's not what a gorilla sounds Mr. like. Mr. Blake, you are a smart man. You are a successful man. You made a but, bubble bath. Yes, but, um, Mr. You, Blake. That's not what gorillas sound like. You need to, you need to check yourself. Go to YouTube. You just upset the gorilla community. <laughs> so then Daphne's mom can't get Scrappy's name right. The first time that she meets him, she calls him Scrimpy. And surprisingly, Scrappy's like really polite about it. He's like, actually, the name's Scrappy, ma'am. And later on, when they all decide to get dressed in some costumes that the Blakes just happen to have in their mansion for the costume party that night, Scrappy comes out wearing a bunny suit because that's the only costume they have that would fit him because, you know, he's tiny. And Mrs. Blake calls him Scrubby this time. Yeah. And to then, which he was actually kind of offended this time. Then he got pissed and he was like, the name's Scrappy. Get it right. I was like, yeah, bitch. Scooby comes out as a tropical dancer and Daphne is a cowgirl. Shaggy is a knight and I'm over it. Throughout the entire episode, it has this gag where like the the mask part of the helmet keeps falling in his face yeah, and it's the like, little, like headpiece I guess it was funny the first time but it just kept happening and I'm just like this wasn't funny enough to warrant it being repeated yeah. five times like it was like <laughs> and honestly the first time it happened it wasn't funny the time that it would have been funny was like the third or fourth time it happened when they were doing the chase yes and like by that point you were already tired of it but then Klaus brings out the stamp that they're being that is now being auctioned off uh, is called the faulty phoenix i think yeah. it's called yeah and we find out that it's worth millions and i'm just like why i don't understand stamps and stamps them being valuable me. like that yeah. i've never understood that but i also just like how rich and privileged this family is to where they're having a costume party in order to auction off one item and this one item is a stamp. Worth millions. Millions. I'm good. The Blakes are good. They don't even need that money. No. They're perfectly fine making money off of Blake's bubbles. Um, Is this the first time that we really see Blake's bubbles? I think it is. Like, just in the Scooby-Doo canon in general. I think so. Um, So, you know, for those who don't know, Daphne's dad, throughout multiple different continuities runs a soap company called Blake's Bubbles or Blake's Bubble Bath. That's how the Blake family became rich. Um, and that stayed pretty consistent, too. Even, like, in A Pup Named Scooby-Doo and yeah. Scooby Apocalypse. Like, that's a pretty consistent staple among Daphne's family. Anyway, I wrote about the pool 
that the Blakes have in the back of their mansion and how it converts into a dance floor with a bunch of buttons that are on like a dashboard screen. So that is like a real thing. I do like those. I've always liked it where like the pool closes and now you have like something you can walk on. I think that's really cool. Um, I noted like the first time, the second time we watched it, I was like, okay, because I think they fucked it up. So I was watching and like noted that to close it, it's the third button in. It's specifically a different color also. Huh. And later in the episode, when Scrappy goes to close it in order to trap the masked minx, he presses every single button except for the right one. Yeah, I thought that was pretty funny because we like we had to rewatch that too a few times just to examine that. It wasn't a huge deal, but I thought it was funny. It was noted. <laughs> My next note is that the villain enters to offer services, question mark. Um, His name is Mr. Damp. Apparently, I think Mrs. Blake is familiar with him. Yeah, like they're friends or something. I don't know. But he basically offers to like, I guess, protect the stamp or inspect it or something. He's a detective He was dressed as like a detective or something. But I think that was for the party. Yeah. It was really unclear to me like what he was offering them. I don't know. I thought he was just there for the party, but then he actually, like, offered something, and it was like, oh, okay. But I don't know. It was weird. Well, he was one of those obvious characters where, like, he walks in, and when he starts talking, and the way he's talking is like, oh, yep, you're the villain. You're the bad guy. Obviously. But he came in dressed as a detective with, like, the magnifying glass and everything. So, like, he had all all the gadgets. Mm-hmm. He was a really, like, high-end detective. Yeah. You know. From, like... The 50s. (laughs) So the party goes on that night. Everyone's having a good time. Everyone's dancing. At some point, Scooby goes inside. I don't know why. But at this point, someone dressed in the gorilla costume grabs the stamp out of the library where it's being kept. Yeah. Scooby encounters the gorilla thinking that it's Mr. Blake because Mr. Blake is wearing an identical gorilla suit. He kind of gets in a tussle with the gorilla because Scooby dropped a banana peel on the floor. Yeah. And then the gorilla escapes. And then Mr. Blake, who's now conveniently going into the library to retrieve the stamp to, you know, begin the auction, he discovers it's gone. He runs out and finds Scooby and he slips on a banana peel. And I noted a really weird detail where when he slips on the banana peel, the banana peel flies and it goes into a trash can that appears to, like, be nothing like you know how in the background of these old cartoons if it's not actually drawn like if it's painted it doesn't actually matter to the scene it was a painted trash can so i was shocked that it actually played a part it was just like surprise right because the banana peel just disappeared yeah and i'm like oh wow um but during scooby's tussle with the masked minx who is dressed as the gorilla um The stamp that the gorilla had, like, flew up in the air, and Scooby's fruit basket hat thing was on the ground, and you very clearly just see it, like, float down into the hat. But nobody sees it happen. No one else sees it. Scooby puts the hat back on his head, and they, like, continue on with their lives. Everyone goes into the library now because everyone's like, what's going on? They find broken glass in the library, and they're like, hmm, that's kind of weird. But because especially the wind... Because especially the windows aren't aren't broken, broken, so no one knows where the glass came from. Now, it's later said that it was from from Mr. Damp's magnifying glass, but the entire time that he's in the library room... In the gorilla costume. In the gorilla costume, we never see a magnifying glass. So I don't know why he broke it or how he broke it. (laughs) It's really unclear. I don't understand what happened. But because he stole... Or because he broke his magnifying glass, he had to steal Mr. Blake's magnifying glass so that when he changed back into his costume, people wouldn't be like, hey, where's your magnifying glass? Because that's what I was wondering when he came back in that following part. Yeah. They all split up to try and find out what's going on, and a bunch of shenanigans happen. I didn't really take a note of a lot of it. I didn't know that the Blakes have a zoo. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I that was my next note, was that they have a zoo. Like That's pretty cool, zoo. I guess. I want one. That's how fucking rich this family is. I they have, have a fucking zoo. I have literally always wanted my own zoo. Well, maybe you should become friends with Daphne. Yeah. Does her parents have a zoo? She doesn't have any brothers, but I could be her friend. 
My next one was about how Scrappy pressed all those buttons. I wrote all the buttons. Except for one. Um, and Scooby ultimately fills the pool with soap. All of the people who are, like, attending the party accidentally fell into the pool because Scrappy opened the, um, the dance floor. So everybody fell into the pool. And now it's filled with soap. And everyone's like, oh, my God. And, you know, Shaggy and <laughs> everyone else is in the pool. Um... Which Scooby fell in the pool, so the stamp is now absolutely right. ruined. Yeah, so Scooby fell into the pool. He went underwater. Oh, a hundred. Like the hat submerged, as well as the stamp, and the stamp has to be ruined now. It can't possibly be worth the same anymore after being damaged like this. But you know what? Then, in like two seconds flat, Scooby comes out of the pool. Somehow his hat goes flying in the air. Mr. Blake catches it, looks down and goes, oh, the silly dog had it. Even though, you know, there's water splashing everywhere. Mr. Blake himself is wet because he was also in the pool. Like, what? It happens. Oh, but the reason why Mr. Damp got caught also was because while everyone else was being chased around by this gorilla... Um, Daphne was still looking for clues because she was like, fuck you guys. And she found her dad's magnifying glass. Well, it only on said B on it, but yeah, she I guess knew that it was her dad. Yeah. yeah, she knew it was her dad's. And then she was like, oh, well, who else had a magnifying glass? It must be Milo Damp. Has to be. So apparently he was doing like a private eye firm scheme. Um, and, you know, the broken magnifying glass pointed to him, and that's how he's been pulling off all his other hijinks, I guess, that yeah. have been getting him the name of Masked Manx. Which is funny, because, like, in this episode, him being able to dress up as the, the gorilla and everything, that was convenient because they were having a costume party. Does he only strike at costume parties? Maybe he... Because then he dresses up. rich people have costume I, parties? I don't know. I am not a rich person. Wouldn't you think I don't you know would just, any rich people. But wouldn't you think you would just stop having costume parties if every costume party people were getting rough, ripped off? Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's common knowledge. It was in the newspaper. That he was the masked manx, but it didn't say anything about the costume parties. That's true. Okay. But see, I feel like if I were a rich person, I would have tons of costume parties. Yeah, I'd, I, yeah, I'd have a lot of, like, masked parties. Just parties in general. Yeah. But particularly costume parties. My last note is that a camel, an ostrich, and a giraffe, who all came from the Blake Zoo, are licking Shaggy, and Shaggy seems to be enjoying it. Sorry that we sound really uninterested in this episode, guys. It just was not an interesting episode, in my opinion. We're just not interested in it. I gave it a two. Me too. It just... It was dumb. It was really dumb. There really, like, wasn't... It was just stupid. They didn't have a lot of characters that you would suspect. Like, I don't suspect Klaus for a second. No. And There was, was no red herring. No, there was no real red herrings that were at all, like, worth your time. And then, like, the biggest thing that I thought was going to happen the second that uh, Mr. Blake was like, Oh, I gotta buy one, get one free, or whatever, like, I bought two... Was you thought that, like, something was going to happen and they were going to get, like, mixed up, the Masked Manx and mm-hmm. Mr. Blake. But and that didn't really happened. even happen. No. Right, exactly. So what was even the point? No, there was no point. The mystery was weak, and that's a big thing for me, is that when there's a mystery, if it's weak, I don't really find it all that great. It's And, like, the big hints were just stupid. Like, exactly. It was, you know, the biggest hint that they gave us was... The magnifying glass, The magnifying maybe. glass. And but it, even then, that wasn't cared even... cared about all, it, no. Exactly. I don't know. It was just stupid. It was really dumb. So, Derek, we both give it a two. We gave the other episode a four. So, collectively, with the creature came from Chemlab and No Thanks, Masked Manx, these episodes earn a three. I'm good with it. I am two. Next week, we will be moving on to The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. This show is watched in chronological order, so we do not have to randomize this week. Woohoo! So, Shannon, what will we be watching next week? Me and my shadow demon. I don't recall watching this episode. I haven't ever seen any of the 13 ghosts, so it's always new and exciting. Well, let's see what Scoobypedia has to say about it. 
The chest of demons is stolen by a shadow demon, so the gang heads off to maze-like Befuddle Manor to retrieve it, but soon they have to contend with a demon chest escapee, Queen Morbidia. Well, damn. I'm curious to see what happens. I'm interested. I'm hoping this will be good. We need a good one. Right. So in Scooby Dooby news, some news is coming out right now about the 2020 theatrical film. Okay. So we don't know the official title yet. People are still calling it Scoob, like the initials Scoob. Uh, okay. Um, but the voice actors for Velma and Shaggy have been revealed. Okay. So Velma is being voiced by Gina Rodriguez, oh. who many people will know from Jane the Virgin. Yes, I love her. And Will Fort, who is best known for his sketches on Saturday Night Live, will okay. be voicing Shaggy. Okay. Now, this is beginning to cause a stir from what I can tell on Twitter. Yeah. I can also agree because Matthew Lillard, who has been playing Shaggy for years, especially since he actually played Shaggy himself in the live action movies. Yeah. He found out by seeing it on the news. That he didn't get it? Yeah. He didn't get like a phone call or anything like that. I mean, my thing is though is why? Why wouldn't they continue to have him voice Shaggy? I don't get it either, but um, lots of people are kind of up in arms about it. I completely back them because I think that there was really no reason to change Shaggy's voice in this case. No. Velma, I think, is a little bit more lenient because Kate Michucci hasn't been doing it all that long. Um, and, you know, she's still going to be the voice of Velma in the, the Scooby-Doo and Guess Who series. But Shaggy has been Matthew Lillard for years. Yeah. And... That kind of just caught me really off guard. Scooby has been cast as Frank Walker, um, who traditionally has voiced Fred. But they haven't announced who's voicing Fred and Daphne yet, which some are really concerned about because Grey Delisle, or Grey Delise, I'm not really sure how to pronounce her last name, but she's been playing Daphne for, I think, maybe 19, maybe 20 years, like a long time. And Frank Walker has been playing Fred since the beginning. Yeah. Like, the only times that he was not Fred was in A Pup Named Scooby-Doo and in the live-action renditions of Fred. But otherwise, Fred has always been voiced by Frank Walker. And if that changes with this movie, I'm going to be really upset. But if they already have him playing Scooby, why wouldn't they just also have him play Fred? Exactly, because he's been playing Scooby for years yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, But news has not come out yet about Daphne and Fred, so that's yet to come. I'm going to hope that... Maybe, like, he signed the Scooby contract, and maybe he's just trying to get, like, more money to play Fred or something. Like, he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm playing two characters. You can give me a little bit extra money. And maybe maybe there's two separate contracts. I don't know. We'll have to see. Some other voices were also announced, but I don't really remember them because they weren't the main five characters. Especially because this movie is supposed to be a launch of a Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe. So. Okay. Lots more details are going to be coming, so I'll be excited to share that with everybody when I do hear about it. But what are your guys' thoughts about this? If you want to reach out to us about this news, or the episodes we review today, or the episode we're reviewing next week, you can contact us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at GroovyScoopCast, or you can reach out to us at our email, thatgroovyscoopcast at gmail.com. You can also check out our website at www.thatgroovyscoopcast.com. There you can see all of our latest episodes, reviews, and some other cool details that we always like to share with you guys. And with that, we hope that you enjoyed that Groovy Scoopcast. Come back next week for a Scooby Snack Filled Time. Bye, guys. Bye.